Colossians chapter 1. How many of you had, had just was blessed by the Lord last week? Amen? Let's give the Lord praise. God, we give you praise for that. We thank you for Jesus who died upon the cross for us so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And we saw a side of Jesus last week that, uh, that we know that he went through pain. We know that he did not speak a word, an ill word, towards anybody else that was accusing him of anything. But yet he went through and, and he, he died for us. But the great story is that he rose again. Amen? So once, sometimes we may view things differently. And I think last week we showed a view of God. And this week I want to talk a little bit about, about changing your view. But I want to get into Colossians chapter 1. I just want to read verses, say verses 13 and we'll go through 23. And just, just let's read the, let's just listen to the word of God or, or follow along in your Bibles. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 through 23. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not move away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. In verse 22 it says, He has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death, in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. So I want to talk today about changing your view of God. Changing your view of yourself. A lot of times we have a view of something, but it may be from a certain perspective, all right? So I need some interaction today. Can I get some interaction from you today? Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. This is a little unconventional, all right? Every time I talk about changing your view, I want you to get up and change where you're seated. You all right with that? Can you do that? If you've got a whole row, whatever, you've got your seats all around you. So we're going to talk about doing that. So I'm going to ask you to change your view. Let's look at the word change. If we're going to change, there's some things that, that we need to do. But first of all, we have to understand the word change. The definition of the word change literally means to cause 
or to turn or pass from one state to another. It literally means to alter. Say alter. So we got to alter. Or to make different. In a very of extra, to vary an external form of essence. It means to put one thing in place of another. So we want to see our hearts being changed. We want our heart changed for the things of God. We want to be able to see things differently. Uh, you can change the color or the shape of thing. You can, you can change your countenance or your attitude. See what I mean? To place one thing in, in place of another. It also means to shift or to undergo, uh, or to undergo a variation. In other words, men need to change their heart. Guys, we can change our ways. Ladies, we can change our heart. We can change our ways. So we need to be able to, to change. The other, the other word that I want us to look at is, is view. And I don't have the information up there for you, Ricky, but just listen to this. The word view literally means an instance of seeing or beholding. Like a visual inspection, you view something. It means sight or vision. It can mean range of sight or vision, such as several deer came into the view of the hunters. It means a sight or the prospect of a landscape, like the sea, a view. You can have a view of the park, you can see the landscape. It means a picture or a photograph of something. Like a postcard that you may send on vacation that shows the wonderful, you know, lake that you're staying at or the wonderful woods that you've, you've, uh, you've camped out in. A particular manner of looking at something. That's what to view can be a particular manner of looking at something. It can also mean the, the, the consideration of a matter in reference to an action. So you kind of view things like, uh, a, a project may be in view and how you are in reference to that project. The word view might also mean to aim or to intentionally have a purpose of something. A prospect or expectation like you may view the future. How do you view your future? How do you view, view yourself? How do you view the things of God? How do you view others? How do you view the church? How do you view these things? See, we have to be able to understand what we're looking at and how we view certain things. It can mean a general account or description of a subject. It can mean a conception of a thing, an opinion, or even a theory. Today, the view will be presented by the facts from the Bible. Amen? Amen. A conception of a thing or opinion or a theory. That's, uh, that's the noun. How about a verb? Literally means to see or to watch like you view a movie. It might mean to look at, to survey or inspect. I know of uh, somebody that had worked for a company then they inspected garments. They, they were able to view to see if it was something that needed to continue to, to be packaged and then shipped. It means to contemplate mentally, to consider. Hmm. Contemplate mentally or to consider. It means in regard to a particular light or as specified, like she views her mirror. You look in the view, your rear view mirror shows you what's behind you. See what I mean? There's a view that's there. It can also mean to be able to see something in a new way. To be able to see it. 2010. Say 2010. 
is a year of sight. It's a year of seeing things in a, in a new way, in, in even a deeper way or a more understanding way or whatever it might be. And you might be at a place where you can begin to start viewing yourself differently. See, when you come to Christ, you need to view yourself differently. Oh, come on, somebody. And we're going to kind of just look at this because sometimes we may look at our position and where we are and we view ourselves from our position. So each and every one of you are, are viewing this right here from the position you're in. Well, you know, sometimes you just have to change your view. Sometimes you just have to change your view in order to get a different idea of what's taking place and where you're at and what's going on. You have to, you have to change your view. I mean, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the Bible said, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, here's what Jesus said. Luke chapter 9, Jesus had the disciples and he said, who do you say that I am? In other words, who do you view me as? Or who do people view me as? And they said, John the Baptist, Elijah, some of the prophets. There were different views of Jesus. And we've got different views of Jesus now. Jesus is the poor little hippie with the sheepy under his arm. Right? I mean, you're taught that. Sunday school, a little green felt board. You know, you put it up there and you tuck the little lamb under your arm. And, you know, and, that, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus is a king. He's the king of glory. The Lord of lords, the king of kings. Every person in Israel, the, the, different, the different groups viewed him differently. The Pharisees saw one thing. The Sadducees saw another thing. The people of God saw another thing. Different view there, isn't it? So we have to understand, first of all, if you're going to change your... If you're going <laughs> to... I almost said it. If you're going to view things differently, then, then what you're going to be able to do is you're going to have to see things differently. So let's take a look at Christ's position. Can we look at the position in which we need to view Christ at? Because I know a lot of people through, um, j just through lack of understanding, it says, you know, when you give your heart to Jesus, I give my heart to Jesus, I understand what they say, but Jesus is not in my heart. Hello? We're going to look at a biblical principle where Jesus is. The, the dimension of Jesus is in my heart, along with the Father and along with the Holy Spirit. Let me say that. Are you with me? But the Holy Spirit is within inside of me doing the work in the earth. And a lot of times we refer to it as Jesus. I don't know if it offends the Holy Spirit when we refer to it as Jesus. I don't know. But let's take a look at this. If you got your Bibles, turn with me. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Because I want to look at the position of Christ. I want to look at how you view Christ. So if we can understand the view of Christ, then we can understand where we are in the view of Christ. And you're going to view yourself differently today. Thank you for that one amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 18. Let's read 18 through 23. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. His, the eyes of your what? Heart is enlightened. Your, your understanding is Is that a seeing thing? The eyes? What do you do with your eyes? You know what? There's some ways that you receive things today. You receive th things through your senses. You receive things through your ear gate and you hear. Are you with me? You'll receive things today through, through, um, through your eye gate. Are you with me? And you'll see. 
So he's saying that I pray that the eyes of your heart, so obviously our heart has a way of seeing differently than our physical eyes can see. Oh, come on, somebody. Our heart has a way of seeing you different, Rod, than my physical eyes can see. Are you with me? My heart has a way of seeing Carolyn different with my heart than maybe my physical eyes can see. Are you with me? And he's saying, look, a lot of us view Jesus and we see Jesus, but do we see him with our heart or do we see him with our physical eyes? Oh, come on, somebody. You can view somebody else, even somebody next to you, and you might view them one way with your eyes, but your heart has to be enlightened to be able to see them differently. Oh, come on, I'm preaching up in a really storm already. Things are swirling. Are you with me? So he says that you're... The eyes of your heart to be enlightened. Read that over. Read that over again. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Can I break this down to modern day terms? He says, I want your heart to be enlightened. I need your heart, the eyes of your heart to be opened. Why? So you can see the hope that God has for you. His calling was to die upon the cross, raise again. Are you, say, are, you, are you here with me? That was his calling. That was he was designed to do. Jesus was designed to do that from the very foundation of the earth. Are you with me? The hope of his calling. So, so you, can, you, you can see the power of God continue to work in your life. Says these things are accordance to with the, the working of the strength of his might. Say his might. It's his might. It's God's power working in you. See, we by ourselves can't do it all, but we can, with the power of God, we can accomplish those things that God has set for us to accomplish. But you try to do it in and of your own power. God says, hey, I got my power working on the inside of you. Kind of like a, the song that the worship team, worship team sings, that it's like that same power. That raised him from the dead is in me, is in me. That same power that's there. But you don't view yourself that way. Then you know what you probably need to do? You probably need to be changing your view. Because you don't view yourself that way. You probably need to be changing your view. (laughs) Hey, the kids are loving this one. You can take that microphone with you if you want to. It'll work it out. She's like, I don't have to move. I got this mic in. It can't be used anywhere else. Okay, let's look at it. We read verse 18. Jesus, it's about his inheritance in the saints. You're the saints. Hello? It's your inheritance. Doesn't somebody have to die to receive an inheritance? Usually. Yes or no? Okay. Go ahead. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where's Christ seated? Is he seated on earth? Where's he seated? Heavenly places. Is he seated on the left of God? On what side? Okay, I just want to just point that out. Go ahead. 
far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, now to verse 22. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. Is that past tense or present tense? He's already done it. Is he going to do it? Does it say he will do it? It says he... He has done it. Okay? See, we, we view things as maybe this could happen or maybe he will happen instead of viewing things to say, he's done it. He's done this. Put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him, meaning Christ, as head over all things to the world. I like you guys up here. This is, this is a completely different view, isn't it? God is so good. Because I thought about setting chairs up there just to see if somebody would sit in them. And I'm like, nah, nobody's going to sit in those chairs. And he worked it out anyway. All things to him. See, help me, Lord. We've got to understand that there's some things that Jesus finished. Are you with me? There's some things that he's finished. And it was given to us. To him for the church, not the world. It's for the church. See, you got the answer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got the answer. You got the answer. You got the good news. You've got the gospel is good news. You got the answer. Why so how somebody can get out of bondage? How somebody can get out of drugs and overcome alcohol or any kind of addiction, anything else? You got the answer. And the answer is on the inside of you. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior. There's something active in there. It's not easy because there's been some things that I've tried to drop off my life and it wasn't easy. It was a process that I had to go through. So he says, and he put all things, subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is what? His body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. You don't have to turn there, but let's put up Matthew chapter 16. I want us to look at verse 19. Matthew 16, 19. Or I'm sorry, Mark, yes. Mark 16, 19. Sorry, Ricky. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received, received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. So we see in Ephesians, where was Jesus? Right Seated where? Right hand of God. He's in heavenly places. Are you with me? Mark says he was what? Seated at the right hand of God. Stephen in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 7, he, 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 was, he, was, he was under some pressure. From the church, from the, from the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the re, some of the people, the religious people of the day. He was under some pressure and they were going to kill him. And they actually took him out. They followed him outside. They ran him off. And then they began to stone him. I'm talking about physical stones, y'all. <laughs> they began to stone him with rocks, boulders. And he, and he looked up into heaven and he saw the heavens and he saw Jesus standing and the Bible says... At the right hand of the Father. Where was Jesus? The right hand of the Father. He was standing up. All I know is it wasn't long after that that Stephen died. So if you see the heavens open and Jesus is standing, then get ready for him to receive you. 
Not only did he see that, he spoke that out. He said, oh, I see Jesus, and he's standing at the right hand of the Father. So not only do we see in Ephesians, we see it in Mark, we see it in Acts chapter 7, where he was, is seated at the right hand of the Father, but 1 Peter 3.22 talks about Jesus Christ, and it says, He was at the right hand of the Father. So here's the, here's the position that I want you to understand. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says He's ever interceding on our behalf. Intercession is prayer for somebody else. If I pray for Justin, then I am interceding for Justin. Are you with me? I'm not just praying for myself. But he's ever interceding on our behalf. Jesus is seated where? He's seated at the right hand. He's seated in heavenly places. Are you with me? This is the view. Jesus' view is not from here. Jesus' view is from here, are you with me? In heavenly places. Uh-oh. We got the prophet. You want that mic? I just couldn't sit there any longer. I, I just want to bring to you a vision I've had that so goes along with what Pastor Eric is doing. And so, like Paul, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body, but I had this vision. And... Uh, I was traveling through the air at, at a very fast pace. Um, there were angels with me, and uh, I could see uh, the brightest ball, like a planet, uh, just so bright you couldn't even look at it. But we stopped short of that. And then I looked around, there was all kinds of people there. There we are. There's heaven, I believe, right there. And here we are. And all of a sudden, the angels started bringing in chairs. And they set them like this in tears. So, so they went way high. And then people began to go and sit in the chairs. And it was like in a semicircle. And so we all got seated. And um, Jesus walked in. Now, I know he was at the right hand of the Father, but he came into this place where we were in heavenly places. And he began to talk to us. And then he said, now I want you to look down and see that you are seated in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Mm. Wow. That just went all through me. I thought... Jesus, you're just sh you're showing the scripture to me. You're not telling me. You're actually showing me. And so every time I hear the word heavenly places, I just go boing. I just think, oh, you know, I want to go there again. How wonderful it was. So would you say that when you had this, this, this experience, that God changed your view? Absolutely, yes. So we need to change our view. Those of you that are visiting today, welcome to Living Word Fellowship.
So where's the position according to the word of God? Where's the position of Jesus? The right hand of the Father. Well, you want to see where your position is? Can I show that to you biblically today? Where our position is? Let's look at our position. Colossians chapter 3. After, after, if you're at Ephesians, just turn right there. Philippians, Colossians chapter 3. And I want to encourage you to read through the, the book of Colossians. Um, Paul was dealing in this, in this epistle to the church, this letter to the church. He was dealing with Gnosticism, uh, the teaching. And he was beginning to de- demolish error. And he was bringing forth and establishing, establishing truth. So Colossians chapter 3, let's just read through verses 1 through 17. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Okay, whoa. Could you read that again? Where'd she go? Okay. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ. He was talking about the death, burial, and the resurrection. resurrection. Oh, come on, somebody. You guys are getting this today. Nobody's going to be able to shake this because you're getting this today. Okay? You were raised up with Christ. When He rose... Because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. Shoot, you understand this? We were raised up with him. Y'all getting this? Okay, go ahead. I want you to see where you are. Now we are raised up with him. And let's continue to look at what everything the word of God says that because we're raised up with him, we set our mind on. Go ahead. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Is that past tense, present tense, future tense? What is that? You have died. Not you're going to die, but you have died. Christ has died. He no longer has to die again. Come on, somebody. I have to die of my flesh. I have to die of those things. But if I am into the Word of God, I am raised up with Him, and I'm... Go ahead. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Okay, I got to stop there. That was me. That was me. Immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed amounts to idolatry. For because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of what? Disobedience. I am now no longer a son of disobedience. I am a son of obedience. I want to be obedient to God. And then check out what he says. 
And in them you also once walked, and you were living in them. But now... (laughs) I guess I could do the but now speech from, from God, right? But now... But now you also put them all aside. Not you will... But you have, right now, we're putting them aside. Are you with me? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self. Say goodbye, old self. You laid aside the old self and the old self, and the Bible says, and it's evil practices. I don't know about that old Eric, but he has some evil practices. Are you with me? Hey, well, I'll preach to you, sister. It'd be you and I. We just preach to everybody. I mean, we're going to get this thing. Amen? And he says right here, verse 10. Read verse 10. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. How are you viewing yourself? Are you viewing yourself as the old or are you viewing yourself as the new? Are you you viewing yourself as I have to bow down to all these other things? Or no, no, I have now rule and authority over these things and now I can operate in the things of God. Read on. Word's good today. I'm telling you, word is good. Let's Let's see what you are now in your new self. Say, I'm new. And let's look and see what you are, all right? A renewal in which there is no distinction between, between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Ooh, Be- go ahead. I, 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 I One more scripture. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So... Check this out. This is, this is you. If you could look at verse 12 and 13, maybe circle it, underline it. You have been chosen by God. Say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen by God. And because I'm chosen by God, I can put on, literally put on a heart of compassion. I don't know, but if you knew the old Eric, there wasn't much of a heart of compassion. But I'm able to put on the things of God. I'm able to now have, because I'm a new self, I'm able to have compassion, kindness. This is what the world is wanting to see. They're not seeing compassion. They're not seeing kindness. They're not seeing humility. When you mess up, say, I messed up, and just be humble, and say, you know, I messed up. I do it all the time with my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, look, I, I want to be that way. With anybody else, look, I'm sorry, I messed up. I mean, when somebody, when your kids come in and they've done some things that are not pleasing to you and they say, Mama, I messed up. Mama, I messed up. Mama, I messed up. I'm telling you, Mama's going from this to, okay, honey. All right, baby. You're going to be okay. Come here, give me a big hug. You know what I mean? It's like, he, he messed up. He messed up. I mean, it's, can you imagine how it is with God with us? So now I can begin to have kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Patience. (laughs) Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. 
In other words, we're supposed to bear fruit to forgive. We're supposed to bear fruit to forgive. Aunt Martha, you've got to forgive her. Uncle Bob, you've got to forgive him. Are you with me? Forgive. But you can operate in the things of God because you are a new self, a new creature, a new species of being. And that's what he says. Just as the Lord forgave you also. Oh, man. If, if I would, there is nothing I can hold against anybody because I don't ever want the Lord to hold anything against me. Amen. So when people wrong you, it, it's not easy to follow the word. I don't want to forgive sometimes. I'm human. I don't want to forgive. Well, try to forgive, brother. We don't forget. Well, you know you don't forget. But it doesn't have to rule your life when you remember it. I remember the things of my past. Don't like them. But they don't rule my life. Come on, somebody. Because I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at. I, I can see my view. Verse 14, it says, Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let's look at verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. We need to be able to view ourselves in heavenly position with Christ. See, you haven't viewed yourself that way. You're just a lowly worm crawling on the face of the earth. I'm just a worm, I'm just a worm, I'm just a worm. And how can the worm ever do anything or accomplish anything or be anything or do anything or make a difference in other worms' lives? I'm just a bottom feeder. No, you're not. You're not just a worm. Romans 8, let's look at verses 16 through 19. I think I've got them. Can I put them up there? Romans 8, verse 16 through 19. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. You're an heir of royalty. See, in the natural, I'm not an heir of royalty. I didn't come from some royal family in England. Not part of the queen. Long live the queen. Long live the king. Amen. Amen. Come on. But I am an heir. I am joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are an heir. You are an heir. I have access to the Father. Jesus had access to the Father. You are an heir. You are an heir, Ricky. You are an heir. You are an heir. I am an heir. Wait a minute. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. It might make me walk a little bit different. It might make me step a little bit different. Come on, somebody. You know what? I don't have to worry about having a, a silver spoon or gold spoon in my mouth. I got the DNA of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords inside me. I am joint heirs with Jesus. I'm seated in heavenly places with Him. And I should have a view of that and any other view that you you have differently is not biblical. 
Can we get the truth today? Can I get an amen? Say, I'm an heir. Say, I'm an heir. Say, I'm royalty. Okay, we'll go ahead. We'll finish reading this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation! Jesus was there at the beginning of creation. You were there in his loins. The creation is longing for the sons of God. I'm not talking about men and women. I'm talking about all of us are sons of God. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, if he's your Savior, if he's your King, then you are a son of God. No, no, you didn't hear me. I said you are a son of God. And creation is longing for us. The earth is shaken for the sons of God to manifest and say, no, darkness, you got to go in Jesus' name. we got to rise up and say, this is right and that's wrong. Why? Who you think you are rising up from Woodward, Oklahoma? I'll tell you who I am. I am a son of God. That's who I am. And this is not allowed in Woodward, Oklahoma. This is not allowed in the state of Oklahoma. This is not allowed in my family. It's not allowed in my, with my friends. It's not allowed in the church. It has got to go in Jesus' name. Because I'm a son of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're sitting next to a son. A son of God. You're sitting next to a son of God. Amen? Let's give the Lord some praise for that. That's who it says you are. So you don't see yourself that way. All you see yourself is dirt or worm or something else. All I know is that if that's the case, you just need to change your position. You just need to change your view. Because you're not going to no longer see yourself as lowly. You're not any longer going to see yourself as powerless. You're not any longer going to see yourself as somebody that doesn't have authority. Somebody that doesn't have strength. Somebody that doesn't have wisdom. You have wisdom. You have revelation. Turn with me while you're, while you're, while you're changing your view. Turn with me to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read verses 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, is that past tense? Raised us up with him. Not future tense, will raise us up. You are there. I know this is hard for some of you. But you're there. You're there. He's raised us up. Go ahead. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. When I think about that, it just makes me feel good. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I mean, to think that, that I was raised up with him and he seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus 
And then it goes on and it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? To do good works. Which what? Which God has already prepared, made provision for beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul says we're already blessed. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places with Christ. Are you with me? So we've got to understand that we're seated with Him. We war. We pray. We do all these things seated with Christ in heavenly places. So that's why you've got to see yourself differently. Because creation is waiting for you to get a hold of this thing. Creation is waiting for you to say, wait a minute, I'm not down there, I'm up here. And when you get higher, the situation looks smaller. You ever been in an airplane? You get a little bit higher. Man, them semi-trucks, and I think you're so huge down here. You know, this is a double tanker, man. That thing is huge. Look at that dude, man. Have you ever seen some of them great big, uh, those big earth movers? I'm talking about the tires are, are 14, 18 foot tall. You're standing by a, a tire, and it's that big. And you get up above that, and you look down, and you're like, what is that little thing? That's why our problems rule us, and we don't rule our problems. Because we don't see them from the right view. Things are difficult. Yeah, but when you get the right view, you're going to say, I don't care how difficult it gets. I am a son of God. I am a child of the Most High God. I am more than a conqueror. I can overcome. I am an overcomer. I am in Christ Jesus. And those things have to come from a different view than the way you viewed them currently. Amen? Okay, we're almost done. We've got to see ourselves seated with Christ in heavenly places. Where's Christ seated? Heavenly places, right hand of the Father. Where are you seated? Heavenly places, the right hand of the Father. Come on, somebody. We got to see ourselves the way the Word says we are. Let's read the Word, and that's what the Word says. So here's my experiment. Look around, just look around. A little bit different view over here, isn't it? Some people... Some people move just a few feet, a few chairs. Yeah. Some people didn't get too far away. They didn't go too far. Don't want to get too, too uncomfortable. And then some people, they didn't change at all. There's some people didn't change at all. But then there's some people that had a view from over here. And then have a view from over here. And then have a view from over here. And then have a view from over here. Are you with me? They're willing to change their view. I'm here to tell you that I want you to change. I don't move. (laughs) Hold your view. Change your view of how you see yourself. Change your view of who you are. Change your view of who you can be. Because see, sometimes we think, well, I can't live this life following after God. It's too hard. You know why? Because you're looking at it from a wrong position. If you say, can I change my life? And all of a sudden your view becomes this. I can't. 
I can't see anybody. Is anybody around? Hello? I just don't see anybody. Ain't nobody. I'm by myself. God, I'm all by myself. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Joshua said, Moses has died. I can't. I don't know what to do, God. God said, I want you to get up. I want you to get up. And he said, I'm going to anoint you. You're going to become just like Moses. And when they followed Moses, they're going to follow you. And I want you to get up and change your view of how you look at things. I want you to get up and that view that I gave you 40 years ago to go into the promised land, that view you're going to have now. And Joshua began to get up. See, when you begin to get up, when you begin to say, wait a minute, I can live this life. Not only can I live this life, I will live this life. And not only will I be forgiven, I will forgive others. And not only will I have love, I will have kindness and compassion. And I'll have compassion for those that are struggling. And they'll continue to struggle. But I'll give them the Word of God. And I'll say, you can get back up. When you get knocked down, you change your view. you got to understand who you are who Christ died for us to be. He didn't die for us to be broke, busted, and disgusted. To live a low life, but to rise up and say, wait a minute, I can rise above my circumstances. I can I can climb the mountain. I can get a little higher. It looks a little better up here. The air is a lot clearer up here. I think see things a little more clearly because you get out of the situation that you're in because the situation that you're in is just temporary. Oh, you didn't hear me today. I said the situation that you're in is just temporary. Because you got God. Because you're an ambassador for the kingdom of God. You're a citizen in the kingdom of God. You are a son of God. You are royalty. And it's time for us to rise up. Stand up to your feet today. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise in the house. You got you to gotta change your view. Well, that might be good, pastor. But I'm still where I'm at. Yes, you are. But you're not going to stay there. If you stay connected to the things of God, if you stay plugged in to the power source, if you read, you pray, and if you have a genuine heart change in the things of your life, you will not stay where you are. You will become transformed into His likeness and into His image. Hallelujah. Say this after me in the name of Jesus. Father God, I declare I am seated with Christ. I set my mind on the things of Christ. I am renewed in the knowledge of God. I am chosen by God. Holy and beloved. I have a heart of compassion. I have a heart of kindness. Humility. Gentleness. And patience. I forgive others. I forgive others. I forgive others. Because you forgave me. I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. And I refuse to worry about anything. I cast my cares on God. Because God cares for me. Cares go. In Jesus' name. I am thankful. I let the Word of God dwell in me richly. I have all wisdom. And revelation. I am a child of God. I'm an ambassador. I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. I am the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. Today, Lord, 
Forgive me for seeing myself the way the world sees me. So today, I change my view. I see you as, we, as, as you see the Father. Jesus, I see you seated in heavenly places. I see me seated with you. Warring from above. Praying from above. Ruling from above. I have authority. I have the power. I have Christ in me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me will be shown to be in the wrong. I am a man of God. I am a son of God. Those of you that are women say, I'm a woman of God. All right. And I receive this today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give him some praise in the house.